What's going on, T-Squad? It's your boy, Demetrius, and we are back for another episode of Reality, Episode 6, Rags to Riches, and I'm with my fantastic co-hosts, Carmela Williams and Didi Jaha. Today, we are accompanied with two amazing guests, Anthony Chappelle and Kimberlyn Kemp, if they would like to introduce themselves and tell me a little bit about themselves and tell us a little bit about themselves, that would be great. Well, of course, uh, Anthony, would you like to go first? I will. Yeah, sure. Why not? I'm Anthony Chappelle. I um, graduated from the University of Montevallo, where I met Carmilla and Kimberly and um, graduated with an accounting degree, worked in accounting for a few years, and then decided to get my real estate license and um, went full time back in April when the pandemic hit. And it's been a um, TLC, total life change. I feel like actually working in my purpose now and it's just, I mean, I enjoy what I do and I just feel great about, you know, being able to educate and elevate our community about home ownership. So that's a little bit about me. I'm from Birmingham, Alabama, um, family born and raised in like Best Man, Alabama, but I grew up in um, Birmingham, West End. I went to Hoover High School. So um, that's a little on subject on topic as far as rags to riches <laughs> I experience that every single day <laughs> I was going from rags to riches just about every day from the third grade till I graduated my mom worked for the school system so I got to go to Hoover High and um, yeah like I said I'm from West Ham so that was really a lot of the drive that I got was from um, seeing that you know, that huge um, difference from in lifestyles from my peers, for, from the people I was being raised around in my, like, hometown. It was just, I knew there was always more. And so I was always just open and, you know, looking for, like, ways out, you know. But, yeah, still love my people in my, my hometown. But um, definitely I, I got motivated by... Um, driving to Hoover every day, going through Lake Cyrus. I don't know if y'all are familiar with that community, but yeah, that's and a little for, bit about me. For people that aren't familiar with Birmingham, West End and Hoover are two completely separate worlds. Very oh. rags to riches. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, so yeah, that's a, a little bit about me. And Thank you. Okay. I didn't know that about you, Anthony. I'm, I'm, I feel enlightened to learn something about you. I never knew that. Really? <laughs> what part? Uh, so cute. I loved it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, myself, I'm Kimberlyn Kemp, uh, formerly Kimberlyn Johnson. I got married uh, two and a half years ago, so a little bit of a name change. Some people still know me by my old name. I'm also a Birmingham native. Uh, like Anthony, I also grew up mostly my life in the West End area. Uh, my to riches story isn't quite as uh, extensive as his. I wish it was. <laughs> But um, I have, I would say, moved on up to the east side, if you will. Uh, I went to Ramsey High School. And in that same likeness, I had the opportunity to experience a lot of different uh, kids who grew up different ways than myself. Some kids grew up over the mountains. Some kids grew up on the east side. Some kids grew up on the west side, south, north. It was really more of a melting pot. Uh, I, I learned at that time that uh, apparently, you know, Ramsey is not like a zone school. So people from all over could come to Ramsey had the test to get in. So it was that kind of thing. 
after high school, I also attended the University of Montebello with Carmela and with Anthony when we all met at that time. Um, just a little tidbit, Carmela and I were not friends to begin with. We did not have a good start. <laughs> um, it was a very, very tense, a little spicy uh, off top, but eventually we came to know one another a little bit more. We're very both, we're both very strong-willed women, uh, very headstrong, very opinionated, and uh, we ain't having it, <laughs> if you will, from nobody, period. We were teenagers, so, like, we were, like, literally teenagers, like, no, it's it's over and done. Like, it was, like, one conversation, like, I don't like her, Mm-mm. I don't like her. So uh, we grew in that time. I transferred from the University of Montevallo after my freshman year due to some personal things going on. I transferred to Jacksonville State University. And then due to some more family things going on, I left uh, Jacksonville in 2016 and I went to school online to the University of Arizona Global Campus where I am currently attending. Not quite finished yet, but on my way. But in those years, um, I have managed to raise my sister, help her raise her daughter, uh, by home, myself, which was what actually kind of um, catapulted me into the credit industry and really learning a lot. So well on my way, accomplishing my goals. And in that time, as far as uh, finances and credit have gone, like I said, I have moved on up quite a bit from uh, the stuffing grounds, if you will. Uh, but I have really catalyzed, been able to learn and catalyze myself and my husband's credit score and take us from like, 550 to 782. So that kind of range. It took a lot of work. So I'm happy to be here and thank you for having me. Yes. Thank you guys for joining. So I definitely want to start off with uh, Anthony. You said that you're a real estate agent. So I am definitely looking into buying a house next year for my birthday. Like that's my birthday present for me next year. So like what are some good tidbits or like pointers for people who are becoming new homeowners and you know people in like our age range because I'm 25 so I'm gonna like I'll be 26 this year but then I'll be 27 next year so like as a 27 year old like what's something that I should look for I've I've never had an apartment I've been living my mom and my dad for all my life so like this would be like my first buy on everything yeah um I always tell people to just take it one step at a time it's not rocket science um it's all about your credit credit history and your job history. That's all that it really takes um, to get approved for a home loan. And um, I just feel like there are a lot of myths around credit. I'm sure Kimberly can relate to this in our in, in our like world and the people we're involved in involved with. But um, I feel like there are a lot of myths when it comes to credit. People like have reservations about credit cards, but they're like almost required to buy a house because Basically, to get a home loan, the lenders are looking back at your history with borrowing money. Mm-hmm. So they look at like your student loans, your car loans, your credit cards are really important. It's like, it's, I, if Kimberly, please correct me if I'm wrong. I just hear things, but <laughs> I hear that your credits, um, like your credit cards utilization affects your score up until like it's 100 plus points. So it's like a huge percentage of credit. So, so definitely first step is to get a credit card Absolutely. and to do right with do right with it. Um, keep then it below it. 10, keep it below 10%. And then every month pay it down like 50 cent. <laughs> credit <laughs> score is gonna shoot up, right? Absolutely can agree with that. Uh, I don't mean to interrupt, I do apologize. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned how a lot of people have uh, all these myths around 
credit cards and I grew up in that same atmosphere like credit cards are bad don't yeah. get a credit card don't go to college and don't get a credit card it was always negative speech around credit cards and so right. that's what I grew up thinking it wasn't yeah. until I became a college student with custody of a child with you know a certain limit of income and that kind of thing that I applied for my first credit card and it was at that time uh, where I can chime in and say Anthony is absolutely right credit cards are not the devil I really cannot stress that enough to people I tell people I will tell a stranger in a heartbeat credit cards are not the devil the misuse of credit cards is where you fall. Yeah, and I always say the only bad experience with credit cards is the one you create. So um, <laughs> that's definitely the first step is the credit card is um, to go ahead and get that. Even if you're not, you know, looking at getting a car, you can drive a car off a lot with no down payment, a brand new car. No one has ever driven it. You can drive it off a lot with no down payment if you have a good credit score. They won't even check your income. So it's just so important to go ahead and get those credit cards and those revolving credit lines and um, do right with them. Keep the balance low and pay them on time, if not early. Mm -hmm. And um, that'll get your score to where you need it to be, right? So off the jump, score is important. Um, I always tell people to get to about a 640. And that's when you get access to a lot of the um, good home loan programs okay. that are like no down payment. And I've even discovered one recently that allows you to get a second mortgage for your closing costs. So you're looking at coming out of pocket, nothing. <laughs> so a lot of people, that's another myth that is, you know, I like to kind of break for people. I have people come to me all the time, like legit. They come to me ready to spend $10,000, $20,000 to purchase a home. And they're usually never out of pocket, but a couple thousand maybe, if that. If nothing, you know what I'm saying? Because we had to have 25 grand saved up. Like this was long before I got into any credit. Yeah. In my mind, I was like, I, I want to have $25,000 saved up. And in hindsight, was it crack? Right. <laughs> 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 no, but seriously, I'm not even kidding you. I've seen people spend, I mean, like I'll probably say half my clientele spend less than 5000 A lot of those spend almost nothing out of pocket to move into a home and that they're owning and you know there are some really good loan programs so just you know what i'm saying do right get the credit score right and then the job history of course and you know stay it's not about staying on the same job it's about constantly being employed to give the lender security that you're going to be able to pay your mortgage back right and that's about it like i said job history credit neither one of them take <laughs> hard work before uh i wanted to say this me and Didi actually used to talk about like like getting home and stuff like that and like she had we had we actually went together to go look for her apartment and I was telling her I was like I think I'm gonna get a house and Didi was just like I don't want to get a house like <laughs> I want to know like, right. you, still think, you still think about getting that I used to think about not getting a house or would you actually like change your mind and like get a house in the future mm -hmm. um I still don't want a house for real like I'm still just not like pressed about having a house right now just because of my lifestyle though like um it's not that I don't want a house. It's just that I'm always on go. I don't see myself being in one place for a long time. So and right now, definitely not. That's a question. Where are you from, Didi? I'm from Mobile. What do you do? Um, I work for a logistics company. I just be chilling, to be honest. I graduated two years ago from AUM. And ever since then, I've just been chilling. I'm looking to relocate right now and just move somewhere else from. Um, I'm currently still in Mobile, but I'm looking to move to Texas. Um, just applied for a position in Cincinnati. So, you know, um, 
I just don't want to, I don't stay still for long. So that's why I don't want a house. (laughs) We wanted to ask you, Anthony, what would you say to young people who like, I mean, similar to Didi, who say, you know, I don't want to buy a house because I don't want to set down roots just yet where I'm at. Like, what would you say to them? Like, is it, is a, is a house a permanent, like, does it permanently attach you to where you are? Um, not necessarily. Um, usually the rule of thumb is if you're going to stay somewhere from two to three years, you, you know, might be a smarter decision to purchase. But um, there's also the opportunity to become a landlord, you know. So rent is usually 10% more than, on average, is 10% more. In Jefferson and Shelby County, rent is 10% more than a mortgage, right? So, you know, there's opportunity to, like I said, be a landlord and make some passive income there if you don't decide to stay for as long as you you know what I'm saying, anticipate, but I do suggest that people, if they're, you know what I'm saying, if you're not sure about where you're going to be in the next year or two, um, then, you know, it might not be the best option, because if you, you know, sell with, before you pay off your interest, then you could potentially be paying to sell, so that is, you know, you know, it's not necessarily for everyone, but like I said, there is opportunity there as well, even if, you know, um, you know, just think, plan on staying in a certain area for too long but couldn't you buy that house and then you know if you were to plan on move say like you know Didi bought a house in mobile and then she moved to texas like would she you be able to still keep that house and like she could like use that to like rent off to people and stuff like that could be passive but, income, would you feel right like exactly mm-hmm. and then you can hire like a um a, like a company that handles that kind of work as well so they charge you like 75 dollars a month and then they handle your tenants and such. But at the same time, it is, you know, having a home is like having it. Well, you know, it's like a, an asset that you have to upkeep. So it is, you know, more maintenance than it would be for renting. So I get it. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people renting. So It's just owning assets, like owning something is so imperative for generational wealth. Like, that's why huge, that's why huge. white Americans have such a leg up on black Americans because they were owning shit centuries before we were even allowed right. to apply. And, and that was a huge part of my initial kick. Well, like when I went full time was like, you know, I'm working with a, this lady selling her home and she was <laughs> in her house for, you know, 15 plus years. And she's walking away with a check for like one hundred and seventy thousand dollars. And then I look back at our history, we weren't even, you know, our ancestors weren't even allowed to own homes, even though they could afford it, just because they knew what, you know, what the market does and, you know, how an asset like a home can add value and, like I said, generational wealth to a family. So they restricted it from certain, you know, groups. And then that really put a fire under me to like make it accessible and possible and just to kind of make, break it down for people who, haven't historically had access to it or might have, you know, this hesitation about it, thinking that it's something that's not available to them. And I absolutely, uh, I, I agree with you, Anthony. It's, it's for, in my experience and the experience I view from the outside of others, owning a home, it, it makes you feel a certain status. It, it makes yeah. you feel a, a certain stature of yourself but on that same hand I really want to commend uh Didi because while we all you know naturally want to feel some you want to feel accomplished in some way you want to feel um you know a little, little bit of pat on the back for yourself naturally mm-hmm. that's something everyone wants I commend you for being open about not wanting to own a home 
Um, I like being a homeowner. Don't get me wrong. Um, my process taught me a lot. I learned so much that I'm able to, you know, bestow upon others and still learning things. Um, I'm more of the maintenance hand. I got a girl hanging out in front of my house right now, like, Lord, <laughs> what is I going to do? But um, I really, like I said, I just commend you on not falling into, I don't want to call it the trap, but more so the trend. Um, Home ownership is for me, myself and my husband, we adore it. I, I did right. not like living in an apartment. Um, like I said, the, the home ownership lifestyle is my personal choice, but it is not for everyone. And it's very difficult, especially in the black millennial community. It's all being about breaking, gen- it's, it's, it's hard to break a generational curse. Let me go ahead and lay that down. Rip, chill, rip <laughs> that. It is not an easy thing to do financially, emotionally, spiritually, or otherwise. So I commend you for not necessarily following the trend just because it's the hot thing to do right now to be a homeowner, to have a home, you know, just standing in your decision to be a mover or renter because you know your lifestyle is different. I really commend that because a lot of people break under the trend and the pressure of, you know, you need to own something. And some people don't even don't even want right. They be gone out of a house for what? I don't even live in that yeah. house. I don't fall into that when it's really not something that yeah. they want to do. So I, I commend you for that. Thank I also wanted to say that you don't have to go from rags to riches before the age of 30. And, wow. Amen. Dee, you know, and Dee, Dee is a huge example of that. And even myself too, because I'm struggling with like building my credit up now, early twenties, got some credit cards, didn't know what I was doing. And so we're, we're building it. But like you said, Kimberlyn, like it doesn't have to be, oh, I made it and I'm only 27. Like wow. it can be, I made it to a certain type of success and I'm 45. Right. Like people want to spend their 20s ducking and dodging and ripping all over the place. And that's fine, too. And that's totally fine. Like, I, I absolutely agree with you. It's a lot of pressure and trend to make it whatever making it is. Uh, but like you said, before you 30, before you 27, we see a lot of posters like I did X, Y, Z, and I'm only 19. I'm only 26. I'm only this. Do whatever making it is to you in your time, in your right. way. It's- and honestly, most of the people who we idolize who made it, the Jeff Bezos, the, the Bill Gates, the this, the that, and the third, wasn't making nothing but bad decisions in their 20s. Right. Yeah. They weren't making exactly. nothing but poor choices. And we don't even know what they did to get, get to where they are. Don't have a clue. There's a certain level right. of pathology, like, like a sociopathic mindset to do certain things, like become a billionaire. Mm-hmm. Um, and becoming a billionaire is not easy like i always tell people people always use jeff bezos as you know because he's like the star-studded millionaire billionaire at this time jeff bezos did not become a millionaire yesterday he did not build amazon last week when i was in high school which was i'm not gonna admit how many years ago that was but when i was there (laughs) uh most of us weren't even shopping on amazon like my parents my grandparents were not shopping on amazon nobody would even say the word like it it wasn't a (laughs) Bezos started Amazon in 1994 and nobody knew about it. Exactly. I was one in 1994, depending on what part of the year it was. So it's like, you know, <laughs> let's not act like these companies that are so magnificent, the Microsofts, the, the what is the Mac, the Apples, the all of that, that was not built in a day. We do not have to build a legacy, this legacy where everybody wants to leave. There's nothing wrong with that, but it is not going to get built in a day. We don't have to build it in a day. Right. Yes, we get on the internet and we see, you know, businesses that turned up, you know, in a week. 
the what, what's her name? Uh, the makeup girl, uh, super, super. for her and all that. But right. you know, yes, we see that stuff. But even her, she didn't build that in a day. Build even building a following on social media is not an easy task. It's not just post that. That is analytics and all type of algorithms and mathematical words that I feel like are curse words, and I'm not even gonna say. So, <laughs> just I, I just I really want to like kind of get on the, the the point Carmela is making legacies and empires. All of that, none of that stuff is built in a day and nobody did that stuff on their own. While we while we aspire to success, we also have to give ourselves the grace to be regular, to be human, to be ignorant in some areas, to be, you know, people. You are not a machine. And if you think you're going to be on Amazon tomorrow, I'm so sorry. Right. And I think a lot of people, you know, we always think like, oh, man, you know, I want to do this. Like, I want to be I hear so many people say, I want to be a millionaire. I want to have a house. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I'm just kind of like a part of me, like I want to have a house because I just you know I want to have a house. That's like something I want to do. But I never felt like I want to be a millionaire. I just want to be financially stable. Like, I don't really care about being a millionaire, billionaire, like none of that. Agreed. Uh, none of that triggered to be like I I need to go to work and stack stack up my money yeah I'm gonna go to work stack up my money but if I don't ever touch a million okay I could be a thousandaire I I just want to be comfortable enough to do what I want and travel exactly that's all I want like don't get me wrong I want to build something for my future family uh I ain't no kids I have no kids but I got a niece so you know I want to build that but I'm I'm with you uh Demetrius if I never touch a zillion for a billion dollars (laughs) <laughs> eh, I ain't gonna cry. I just want to be comfortable enough to set my niece up for success, so she'll have to struggle, you know, nearly as hard as I did, and be comfortable. Me and Bay can get up and go to Greece whenever we want to, or we can get up and go to Africa. Or, you know, I like traveling, so that's what I want to do. But a uh, billion dollars, what the hell, I'm gonna do with all that money. Exactly. Um, I feel like, you know, like mm. <laughs> freedom. Say these social media be gassing people. You know, Absolutely. that's all that is. Unrealistic expectations. <laughs> yeah, I'll be in my robe. I say I'll be in my robe, you know, uncrustable, like in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> my picture from a photo shoot from a year ago, and people right. be eating it up. They were like, oh my gosh, you saw this, this, this. I'm like, I'm just like chilling today. But um, social media is, is like, can be deceiving. But uh, <laughs> I think, I do think, like, my everything changed for me with social media when I like of course started working in real estate and running my own business is like we just have so much impact on social media and I just think you know we all should use it to share our expertise and to touch people and to like you know what I'm saying uplift people and be positive I just see so much of like just mess and nonsense it's hard to even be on there but i know i have to be there to work against it because there's a huge need for education and uplifting and there's so many people that tell me oh my gosh you don't understand i needed to hear that today oh my gosh you speak right to me oh my gosh i didn't know that you know so it's just like it's you know so many negative connotations about social media and it can be deceptive but at the same time you can use that deception to your advantage and to you know. both a stepping stone and a crutch at the same time. You have to have that balance, in my opinion. For sure. Um, oh, for sure. You said like building people up, which is a great segue into the question that I had. So all of us on here, obviously, are young Black people. We're talking a lot about rags to riches on a personal level, but what responsibility do individual young Black people have to their community? And how do we build up the Black community from the inside out? 
from the inside out? Yeah, like where do we even start? Like, you know, cause um, I did door to door sales and you know, a few years ago, just straight out of college, which don't recommend, but I had a good time. <laughs> And a lot of the black neighborhoods that I went to was just really disheartening because there was just no financial literacy anywhere. Like they, they didn't pass the credit check for direct TV, let alone being able to buy a house. So like, I just, I don't know, I guess I'm just wondering like what, what we can do, like what, like what's the first step, I guess. Cause this has to be a generational thing. It can't just be individual success. Mm -hmm. Like me and Ken, we could partner up because it's just, Ooh. I don't know. Like we definitely, because I, I just feel like so much help is needed. So many myths that need to be, you know, shattered. And debunked. Um, to, to your question, if I may, Anthony, yeah. uh, to, to your question, Carmela, I think before we talk about where to start, we have to remember that there is no one right place to start. Right. Um, Financial literacy, in my experience, the best place to begin is within yourself. You cannot teach what you do not know. We have to stop as, as much as we would like to, or at least I would like to have had, you know, my mama and my grandma and my granddaddy, everybody, you know, teach me things down the line. A lot of us, unfortunately, did not have that because our folks could not teach us what they did not know. And so we have to take up the responsibility to learn for ourselves. We got Beyonce and Barack Obama internet free as all get out out here. Take some of that time, Google a few things other than, you know, whatever you Google it on a regular basis. If there's something you find yourself interested in or wanting to know, do, do a little bit of research. And when I say a little bit, I mean the most minuscule amount could teach you something. Type it in. You got 300 billion links to information right there. Even um, TikTok. TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> in any platform you want to see, if you want to see a little dance while they teach you something, go right ahead. If you want to get on a YouTube video, a podcast, there's a million platforms and different informational styles to learn from. Take up the responsibility in yourself to learn something before you before you say, you know, well, how can I better the community? I couldn't teach my own niece, my own sister, my own husband. I, I couldn't sit here with you all and say these things if I had not taken up the time to learn for myself. But again, while I chose that path, there's not one right or wrong way to start something. But what you always have to do is know what you're talking about before you can tell somebody else. Mm -hmm. Right. I agree. But um, another thing as well, though, just like Demetrius was saying, everybody want to be millionaires. Everybody, you know, like I said, social media gas people. We're looking at people and now everybody want to be entrepreneurs. Everybody want to start a business and stuff. And I think one, one way is you know, people got to stop being followers for real. We need black lawyers. We need black teachers. We need black real estate agents, accountants and stuff like that. And I think, you know, when people stop being followers and, you know, get that through their head, that's how we create, you know, do it for the community. Because if we have black people in all those positions and, you know, stuff like that, for one, we teaching people. We got black teachers. We helping each other. Because we're going to put more Black people in those, you know, Black police officers and stuff like that. We're going to help each other grow and thrive as a community because we everywhere. Also, I think that how transformative would it have been in middle and high school and even elementary school to have, 
you remember the assemblies that we used to have and they used to bring all of these people in and they were wasting their time talking about things like abstinence when they really could have been talking to us about taxes and financial literacy and credit scores like how transformative would it be if somebody like anthony or kimberlin you know linked up with the local principal from their old neighborhood and went and did an assembly for those kids you know, yeah. things like that too. Hands let on alone, hand. let alone middle and high school, even college. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, when I was in college, like, yeah, my mom and daddy gave me a credit card. I had it, but it was like only use it when you need it. So, like, if I was out of town and we got stuck somewhere, then I would use it for that for like a hotel room. But I mean, even now, like, all I know is just pay my credit card bill. I don't know like the ins and outs of credit score. I have a great credit score. I, I have a 780. But as far as anything else, like, I don't know the ins and outs of credit. Yeah. yeah, and it would have been very right. useful in college because that's what that's when you're prompted most. Not like you said, not to use it. Don't get a credit card. Don't do this. Don't do that. They're gonna try to tell you. They're gonna try to trap you. <laughs> right. Absolutely. You can only be trapped into what you don't know. Um, I think another thing, and this this is along the lines of uh, stuff that we've all touched on in the last few minutes. And I can't say this enough to people: reading is fundamental, not ornamental. Please read. You cannot get trapped into a, a student loan, a credit card, a car, or whatever it is if you read the contract. It's not hard. You ain't got to read every little word. Skim through it. You know, find the important pieces. Those pieces are the major, you know, keys to whatever it is. You don't know that the interest rate on the car is 65% because you didn't read. Mm-hmm. It doesn't and take you're paying for two, three cars. Right. <laughs> pay two, three mortgages by the time you know you halfway into it. So I, I think that we really need to take advantage of the thing that is readily available. You know how to read. That somebody taught you how to read in kindergarten or whatever year you learned how to read or whatever. We have to take advantage of that. You you are far less afraid of things when you um when you know what's going on. I used to think that uh refinancing was a terrible thing. Like I just grew up hearing that refinancing was negative. Same as credit. Bad, 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 bad. Y'all, kid you not, the summer before I bought my house, I was sitting on Capital One website at two o'clock in the morning. And I was like, hmm, Capital One always sending me mail about buying a new car. I bet they'll refinance this one I got right now. I refinanced my car in four and a half minutes. I turned my, I think almost $600 car note at the time down to like 400 and something. It made a difference on my credit. It made a difference in my daily right. financial life. But mm-hmm. I didn't feel afraid of that because I went ahead, you know, they give you like three or four pages to read through. You just read through it. They have all the important stuff in bold print. This is what it is. This is what it ain't. Here's what's going to happen if you don't pay us. Here's what's going to happen if you do right. Bada bing, bada boom, done. Car be paid off in October, two years early. Reading is fundamental. We cannot get trapped. You're less likely to get trapped in something if you just take the time and read it. Like like Didi said, let's get out of the gas. And, you know, it's nothing wrong with excitement, but it's easy to be fooled and it's easy to, you know, fall into a trap when you don't read. I think that's an important part of, uh, to Carmela's point about where, how we affect the community. Read. Stop being afraid of contracts. Stop being afraid of big words you don't know. Dictionary.com is free. I use it on the daily. I don't know a lot of words because I just was born knowing them. I read. And also I went out that when I was doing the sales jobs and things, I constantly ran into people, Black people, 
who would say things like, no, I'm not getting a credit card. They're not about to scam me. I don't trust the government. I keep all my money under my mattress, blah, 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 blah. Like, <laughs> I don't want to get, like Kim was saying, like, I don't want to get contracts. I'm not trying to put my name on anything because the government's out to get me as a black man. And, and you know, we only, okay, we got three and a half minutes left. So <laughs> I'm going to say this before <laughs> it cuts out. But we are in a capitalist society. You cannot like it. You can outright hate it, but you're not going to change it. And Don't so you need to learn how to play this game. Play the game. Right. Like and someone said, okay, I'll let you finish coming outside. No, I was just saying, like, if you're if you are born into this system, you're not yeah. going to get out of the system unless you move to Europe where it's socialist. But most people aren't going to do that. So you might as well learn how to play this capitalist game because it's the only game that we have to play. And if you can get good at playing that, then you can stop feeling like people are preying on you and that people yeah. are just trying to get you to trip up. You have to get into the mindset of take note in a capitalist sense so that you're not prey. Yeah. Right. Like our president, everybody's crazy, going crazy about him paying this very small amount of taxes with all of the assets and the yeah. money that he makes. Uh, I'm more so trying to figure out how he did it so I can figure it out and do it oh, for myself. Okay. <laughs> no, I ain't trying to hate. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, bam, they got away with it. It's got to be some kind of loophole. Let me figure it out, research, and get into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't let it, yeah. Open to learning. Um to your point about how we could change the community. We have to be more open to learning, but we also have to learn to present that information in more, more of an alluring way. If I just come to you and randomly start talking to you about credit, your eyes gonna glaze over, you right. know, mm-hmm. be like, look, sis, you know, whatever. You, ha- you have to know how to present information in a way that people are intrigued with it. But we, as the receivers, black, especially black people, um, we, we have to be more open to learning. We have to be more open to just soaking things in somebody made a statement about people being like afraid and like fear and like you know knowing and stuff but you know people you know when nine out of ten like we get those mails like get those letters in the mail from um capital one or something like that or like they'd be like random like loan checks or like like it sounds very scammy or people come talking to you you know about credit and you're like you know like I don't want to talk to you because you you don't know them and you just don't know what they're about. So like, don't you feel like that's already like that given reason to not feel fear, but like to just kind of push it away because they don't really know, but they don't take. Or you just think that you, or do you think they should take the time to listen listen to them and hear them out? This is for Kimberlyn. Sorry. Oh, okay. I was going to say something. I was like, I think you got. <laughs> um, I definitely advise to hear them out. Um, because when you listen, that's where you find out if they're trying to scam you or not. It's not hard to li- it's not hard to uh, discover a scam when you're listening. It's very easy when you go to asking questions. Um, and that's nothing people need to stop being afraid of. Ask questions. Ask them to clarify what they mean. Ask to get it in writing. Ask for their blood type if that's what you feel like you need. Like uh, <laughs> it's just I, I definitely. Open your ears and your mind to listening because when you listen, you can hear a scam clear as day. When you read, you can see the scam in black and white clear as day. Be open to it. And at the end of the day, once they give you that information, if you decide you don't want to, you can say no. You can decline. I think a lot of us, uh, when we see the, the the car dealership man or like the direct TV person or someone coming up to you to sell you something, we immediately put up this guard or we cower away. And then if we do listen to them, we allow them to speak to us so long to the point where we feel like, well, if I don't, you know, buy it, then 
you know, I'm wrong or I've wasted their time or, you, or we feel pressured to mm-hmm. say yes. I got three words. No is free. I don't, I help, that just blows my mind. You can easily, you can say it over the phone. You can say it in a text. You write an email. You can say it in person. If you can text that man and say, no, he can't come to your house. Tell the salesperson, you know what? I appreciate the information, but this is not for me. And when they rebuttal and try to get you again, if you've decided that that is not for you, you can say no. And even if you're undecided, you can say, thank you for the information. I will, you know, review this again at a later time when I'm more comfortable. You know, we were more comfortable when we get by ourselves. You know, we don't feel this pressure. I'll review this. And if I decide to do this, I will reach out to you. Thank you for your call. You have a great day. And shoot them right off your front porch or right out your living room or off your apartment step, whatever it is. We have to stop being afraid of the pressure to say yes because saying no is free. They right. can't they can't dupe you if you say no. They can't dupe you if you say if you don't sign the, the paperwork. We we have to be more open to listening because a lot of times, I mean I've even fallen victim to this myself. You miss a great opportunity when you don't listen. Mm-hmm. You might miss out on an opportunity to, to get some free money, to make some money to learn how to make some money, to, to get a free bike, some free food or anything. It's, you know, it's a plethora of things that we miss out on because we fail to listen. We fail to take the time. And at the end of the day, even if you decide not to do that, your time is not wasted because now you either learn something that you want to pass to somebody else, or you either learn something that you want to warn somebody else about. Listen is free and know is free. And you, and even if you don't want to talk to them, you can always ask them to email you the information, mail it to you, call you later. There are so many other options than just cowering away from the information or getting pressured, you know, into saying yes. That's such a good way to think about it too. Like to not just think negative. It's kind of just like you know, at this time, I'm not ready. So I just <clears throat> because I am a person who will be like. Oh no, like, or I just keep walking by, like, to try to talk to me because not that I fear anything, it's just kind of like, I know me, I'm very indecisive because I was sitting there, like, oh man, I should do this. So, oh, I should do it. Like, I'll be sitting there looking like a fool. <laughs> so, I should just be like, right. so I just kind of want to, I like that what you said. No, it's free, but also I could say, at this time, I don't feel comfortable right now. We'll discuss later. But, you know, and also, like, I'm nervous about, like, even though my mom and dad are going to be there with me when I go out to buy a house, like, you know, I don't know exactly what to look for. They might be telling me something that I have no idea. Like, what if I didn't have my mom and dad going out there? Like, I wouldn't know what I wouldn't know what's right or what's wrong. So I feel like it's also another reason why I feel like I've been sheltered a lot. I should be able to do certain things at my age on my own. But like buying a house, like I probably don't. I, I don't know the first clue. Well, I wanted to say um, a lot of times people have that fear of doing something wrong we're not perfect. And sometimes you will make a mistake that you later have to correct. And that is okay. Like you are allowed to make mistakes. You're allowed to not know what you're doing. You're allowed to even not go to college. Like it's a very, very American mindset that in order to be successful, you have to go to college. Um, Like yesterday I interviewed this girl and she had, she's lived all over Europe and North Africa. And I asked her what the main difference was between American culture and Moroccan culture. And she said, just like, it's just so much more relaxed over there is so much more freedom to just be a human being over there. You don't have to be on your best behavior and you don't have to be the most knowledgeable person in the room in order to take a step forward. Freedom to be human. Yeah. This is one thing I did want to mention though. And that's like this, can we all agree that the black community got this like crab in the bucket mentality? Yes. 
And I, I just had to mention that because, of course, you know, it's like this thing, like, it, it can be anything. Like, you, it can be some shoes. Like, where you get those shoes from? I want to tell you where they got the shoes from. And that's the same with, like, anything, this financial literacy thing. People don't know because people be holding on to information. Like, it's going to stop their success. Like, mm-hmm. you can ask somebody, I mean, buying a house. You could be, hey, you know, who was your real estate agent? I don't want to tell you. Like, right. like because now they feel like you're trying to copy. They, they feel like, they feel like you're yeah. trying to copy them or, like, oh, low-key, you trying right. to hate them. That's like a very minority mindset. And when I say minority, yeah. I think black people, I mean any social group that is in the minority, they think that there's a finite amount of resources. And so that when they get it, they have to hold it for themselves. It's just the same when women started breaking into the workforce in the 70s. And it was, you know how nowadays women, you know, we lift each other up. We're speak, we're breathing life into other women and we want to see everybody succeed. Well, at a certain time, there was only room for one at the top. And so there was a lot of backbiting and there was a lot of just bad character traits in people. And I'm glad you got into the roots of that. Um, to Didi's point, yes, a lot of people live in a crab in a barrel mindset and most of us are disgusted by it. My old cousin won't tell me what kind of cologne he be wearing. Yeah. You know what like, he will to this day. He grown. He will not tell me. He That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, you can't know. <laughs> yeah, I can try to put people on, you. girl. This one right <laughs> at all. But sadly, that is rooted in what Carmela's point is. There was a time where there was only room for one, maybe two, at the top of any chain, whether that was men women minorities whatever the case there was a there was a specific long-standing strong period of time where there was only room for one and as much as we would all like for that to change in an instant it's not going to as much as the one two three four five five or six of us uh, excuse me, math ain't my subject, but as much as we would all like to see that change and us amongst other people, it's, it took years to do- indoctrinate that into people and it's going to take years to unravel yeah. that twine of crab in a barrelness and w- to, to undo that, it's going to take the work and the fussing and the fighting and the sadness. Some people, you just got to let them be the crab that they are. I, I would love to link up hands with every black woman in the world and we all just, you know, whoosh, lift each other mm-hmm. up and, you know, lift every voice and sing and all that. <laughs> but some of these... Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's fine. You don't want to tell me how you did XYZ? That's cool. I will figure it out on my own. It's, it's like, take who want to go. Mm-hmm. People who withhold wealth like that and withhold information like that and just withhold golden nuggets like that, they're hurting themselves in the end because you get what you give. And you're going to need a golden nugget from somebody else. It's, it's, called, a, it's, it's called, called a scarcity mindset and it's, yeah. it's not for, it's not good, good for anyone. <laughs> yep. And that scarcity mindset always extends so far beyond money. The same people who don't want to tell you who their lender was, they also like don't trust anybody. And so they struggle to form close relationships. And I mean, like that scarcity mindset is a a quicksand. It'll drag you down. And it's also like, you know, even with like black men, like people probably see like Anthony and I, like, you know, we do well for ourselves and just people might think like, oh, you know how, you know, back in the day, people used to always probably think like, 
people like Anthony and I were like lame or whatever because we had like certain lifestyles. But like now that's slowly becoming a trend for more men. But I feel like that's also because women are so strong about a man being more dominant and paying for everything. I feel like men that have to be like that, they have to be the richest for the women or whatever. But I don't know. I just also feel like men do have it. Men do have times where they have to be a little bit more financially stable. But also, I feel like women women can be fine. Women, I feel like women and men should be together financially stable as well. Well, 100% agreed. Yeah. As a, and, and I speak from this from a marriage point of view. Um, I've been married for two and a half years, and my husband and I have been together um, six years next week. And growing in life together and all, you know, all the things you go through in a relationship, yada, 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 there has been a point where I didn't have and he didn't have. But when we both had, y'all can't see y'all, this house, all this stuff we got in here, this came from two people having, from me being financially stable, learning more about financial stability in general, him, you know, he makes more money than I do. My husband's an engineer. Don't ask me what he actually do all day, y'all. I honestly don't know. I don't like to say, I don't, I don't know. Um, but he makes more money, but I manage that money. Mm-hmm. Those those combinations of things. So the money I have and the money he has combined with my money management and me being being able to teach him the credit tools, the money management, the savings, this, that, and the third, that has uh what's the popular word? Manifested so <laughs> much in our lives. Like I, I could not want I could not agree with Demetrius more. When one person got, it's cool. When two people got, it's okay. And I also, I just, I just feel like that mindset that the man has to be the only provider or the, the main provider, like, and, and it's just not the woman's place where some people still have that mindset. I think that that is just a relic of a time long gone. Okay. I, I just don't think <laughs> it, it works. Is. It works both ways. You know, women also look to me and, uh, you know, help them create their family and for stability and to pay for everything. So there's a lot of pressure on men in general, but then, you know, with black men, we don't have it as easy as other, you know, ethnicities. So, you know, it's a lot of pressure, not only from the world, but from, you know, partners. (laughs) And then, so it just creates this, and then, you know, they feel like they're being used, so they just shut off. Yeah. And then, you know, it's just a vicious cycle. Feeling like you're being used is fair. That's fair. Like, I would feel like I was being used if I was paying for everything for someone else, you know? Or someone even expecting you to do that or being in a position to do that at a certain age is just not realistic. So a lot of people just kind of fail to grow a deeper connection and to even really get to understand or open up to someone just because they're looking at, like, you know, what they can get out of it or, you know. And I was listening to that at church today is you should look at relationships as to what you can provide, not what you can get out of it. And and if you don't, then you'll be missing out, but don't listen. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. You're all, you're right. But, you know, women of of older generations, when when you think about the nuclear families of the 50s, for instance, you know, you had mom, dad, two kids. Well, dad was the only one that was allowed to be a full adult. Mom wasn't able to have her own bank account. She wasn't able to apply for loans. She wasn't able to own her own car. She wasn't able to do anything 
without her husband's signature on that form. Right, so that mindset is still trickling over into these generations. But reality is not the same. Like women are allowed to be full-blown, independent, self-actualized human beings. Right, and I feel like today's society, it's more like, give me all your money. Like, I don't even think it's like... I don't even I don't even think it's like with men, they could they could they go to work or whatever. Like back in the day, they probably come home, dinner, cook, you know, bath ran, stuff like that. Like it was like a happy home. Like now it's like come home, okay. Well, how much you know, like you made so and so this weekend. Oh, we I want to go to like New Orleans the weekend. I want to go to Miami. Oh, nah. like, I need some Louis. <laughs> I want to buy I need I need some Chanel bags. Like it's not I don't oh, like, wait a minute now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, to, to, to that point, I absolutely, what's the word I'm looking for? I understand and I realize where all of you are coming from in that. I will say that I feel like a lot of that mindset um, that you were kind of pointing to, Demetrius, comes from music. Mm-hmm. The the Megs, the City Girls. The city girls. Shout out JT. Yeah. I'm sorry. Right. I love me some JT. I love me some JT. <laughs> but a lot of that comes from music, and that is a fantasy. Yeah. Right. Say that. That is a fantasy. Yes, I get my twerk on up in here. You know, that's all good and all well. And you know, when I'm riding in the car, it's you know, f these Negroes and all that there. <laughs> but the reality is, every woman whether black white whatever is not this money chasing i ain't finna do nothing and you finna take care of me point blank period mindset lifestyle that is not reality that is not reality for myself personally and i know for a fact that is not reality for now chick i know in the like like she said in the times that we live in today like carmela was pointing to in the times that we live in today I don't know a single woman who feels like, oh, I don't have to contribute anything. I don't have to work, da 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 I will add in that in our, our culture, by our, I mean uh, us who are in the millennial group, um, have had such negative experiences with men trying to live off of us that it, in turn, it's like, uh-uh. Now we at like as a mass, women are at a place where it's like, okay, I ain't having this. You ain't gonna live off of me. You need to break bread. You you need to provide something. Da 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 da. And there is like that mix of confusion point between the fantasy of the city girls and the reality of you know real life. There is a blend in between. I think that's where the argument piece between men and women falls in. Mm-hmm. He like, you know, oh, you ain't finna use me, take all my money, this, this, that, you know, uh, what is it? These hoes ain't loyal, all that nonsense. And then there's the whole, you ain't finna, you know, live off of me, living on my couch, this, that, and the third. There's the fantasy world of, you know, music, TV, media, culture, whatever the case. And then there's reality land. Well, there also seems to be, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I just. Oh, go on, go ahead, I'm, I'm done, go ahead. Okay, there also, you know, based on what you said, like the culture is perpetuating these like disconnects. I also think the culture is perpetuating a bit of a rivalry between male and female. Absolutely. Especially in the black community. Okay. And and I don't, I, didn't, I don't think that our grandparents' generation saw that. Now, don't get me wrong, they had their flaws, a lot of really big historical flaws. And it has they seem to always be on the same team. And I feel like we're not on the same team. And I feel like we're talking about rags to riches and building the community up. How is the community going to build up when we're divided from the inside? You are very right. 
I could not. Ooh, I, I'm, I'm gonna leave yeah. it out though. I don't want to. I don't want to leave. Go ahead. <laughs> I think that's. I was kind of kind of gonna touch on that as well. Like as far as being divided from the inside, um, you know, being that you know we need to network and stuff like that. But not even not from like a men and women standpoint, but just in general, like you know. A lot of people, or at least the people I know, like they got this like no new friends type of mentality. Like, you know, like oh no new friends or whatever. Like, you know, they gotta move the next chick because she, you know what I'm saying? Like, or whatever. But and then also people who who just don't network in general or not fond of making new friends, like we need to be around like-minded individuals. You get what I'm saying? So you gotta make new friends, you gotta. You got to network with people, talk to people and stuff like that and stop being that's so Any That's literally with anything that you do. You know right. what I'm saying? Whether it's in business, friendships, romantic, you know, Everything. partners, family, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You got to have that same mindset just to be open and to, you know, not let the past creep into these new opportunities. And it's so crazy that y'all say that because I literally get slammed and criticized for being friendly like you're so friendly yeah, you always meet people. and I'm like what's wrong with that what's I mean yeah, I'll, I'll learn I'll learn who they are if they you know shape me or whatever then I know how to handle it but at least I who would have know who would have known what I would have met like I've met so many different people just from social media like just talking and you know going out to different cities like I don't mind talking to people randomly but yeah. people always like you're so friendly and you're so boring. I'm on the same <laughs> I have always been uh, a sociable person even uh despite Carmela and I's you know rough beginnings um I think she would allude to that I've always been you know social talkative yeah. that kind of thing um and I used to get like really made fun of like almost bullied to a sense like why are you talking to everybody why are you so nice da, 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 this that, and the third and I'm like I don't find joy or benefit in being mean and being standoffish um right. When I was coming up, my and eventually my friends, but my family originally used to say, you know, um, I don't meet a stranger. I don't. I will meet you in public for the first time and be like, what's up, cuz? Like, how you doing? Whether you black, green, whatever it is. So we we really have to denounce and shake off that, like you said, no new friends, no new man, no new this. Uh, I like new things. <laughs> you ever had a, had a brand new, new check, new bag? New man, new computer. Like, uh, we we gotta let go of this. Older is better because, sadly, yeah. as I come to learn, I'm sure a lot of us have. What's in the past is not always the best for you. Your homegirl from the third grade that loved all your life, y'all might not be the same person. I've grown apart from a lot of my close friends from back in the day. I love them the same. I have respect for them. I support them at their birthday parties and all this kind of stuff. But they're not my intimate cohort anymore. Right. they're not you know my intimate friends and my the people I go directly to one of my best friends to this day I kid y'all not if you if you follow me on Facebook I'm sure you see me talk about him a lot I met this man through memes memes y'all just some of the most ridiculous memes I have ever seen in my life and I'm just like yeah. I, I like this man like he cool <laughs> we started going to brunch together and I don't know romances of my husband or people I was like that's your boyfriend no that's not my boyfriend he's just my friend but we go to brunch together we hang out together he probably the reason I'm sick right now he probably he gave me COVID I don't know but you know it's just but but that is a is a, a friendship I value I've learned a lot from him you know he's learned things from me we hang out together even even Carmilla and I like I said you know we haven't seen each other in eight years dude 
Like when I ran into you, it's literally been that long. It was like I, it was I was you know I'm sweating outside of a public, huffing and puffing and stuff, and boom, you know, instant. We just we built the rapport real quick, you know, da da da. Open yourself to new experiences, whether that be people, places, you know, food, whatever the case. Because while closing yourself off might guard you from hurt or deception or whatever, it closes you off from all the good things as well. You can't selectively close that window. You shut it all out. Yeah. everything and, and that and that meeting new people that ties in with rags to riches because you can literally find catapults for just meeting people and learn different things like and who you know is important don't right. let nobody that, exactly. lie to you. who right. you know is important and the more you go if out this last year then teach you that then right. i don't know Just what's gonna me. make you open oh, your eyes because my circle changed in this last year like crazy tremendously and my life changed, honestly. And it was gut-wrenching, honestly, just because, you know, just servicing relationships and then building new ones around people that you look up to and that have what you kind of look to have. It was right. a lot to take in, you know? Like, I don't belong in this room. But eventually, you know what I'm saying? Now we talk in the same language. And you know, now, you, now you belong in this room. Right, exactly. And it just took you just, you know, take a note and learn from other people's mistakes and just kind of realizing who's for you and who's not, honestly. Like, Absolutely. this year has been big on that. Like, <laughs> I ain't seen it. I just, yeah, I just don't have time for it. Anyone who's, you know what I'm saying, like discounting you or even discounting themselves, questioning everything and kind of creating a toxic environment, I just gotta break it off, keep it moving. And they don't even have to know it, you know. Oh. It ain't got like everything ain't got to be no confrontation, or it doesn't always have to be a fallout. Right? Yeah, it could just be. A... You can respectfully grow apart from a person, and y'all can still speak. Hey, how you doing? You know, whatever the case, it don't have to be negative. But I did want to kind of uh, veer the train back to credit a little bit, if if I may. Please. Um, one of the major pieces that I, I found so 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 helpful when it came to credit and building my credit and learning all of that stuff, get organized. Some of our biggest issues is that we are not organized in the slightest. You, 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 y'all ever see the mean where it's like you just be in the club and then you run and be like, what the hell is my birth certificate? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where they right now. I cannot put it up. And I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna whip out a brief uh, uh, an example uh, if I if I may just to show people like how important it is when you get organized it's so much easier to fix any problem you have I don't care what it is when you organize it's a lot easier to keep track of what you're doing what you have what you don't have make you a checklist y'all know y'all feel organized when you get some highlighters and a sticky note and a piece of paper okay no you be feeling like you got your life together and your stuff being shambles don't let you get a planner either don't oh. let you buy a planner right. from Target. <laughs> <laughs> get that dry erase board put on that what it's over <laughs> I'm coming to what is that back there y'all that's a dry erase <laughs> dry <laughs> it flew to the wall y'all i had my mother's installed it on the back of the door <laughs> so when i um when i was so I, I, I just briefly, what catapulted me to kind of get my credit together was my desire to buy a home. I got married in 2018, you know, honeymoon phase, all this, all that was, you know, bumping like rabbits every five minutes. Everything was all cool and cute and all that. <laughs> and then, so, you know, we uh, we lived in an apartment. We had been living together for uh, a year and a half. 
And so, um, <coughs> excuse me, the spring came around and we kind of got to talking about house buying and all this and that. And I was like, okay, you know, we're going to, you know, use your tools, your credit cards, your FICO, whatever, whatever. Use what tools you have. And I realized they didn't like what I saw. And so once we made a serious decision that we were going to start preparing to buy a house, in our minds, we thought we were just going to get up, go to this mortgage lender and be like, well, bam, thank you, ma'am. We're going to buy a house next week. <laughs> Good old Jesus. They closed with the keys. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't tell me I wasn't going to do it. And the Lord My lease like, in in three weeks. I'm like, oh, Lord. <laughs> no, I, I know, Jerry. <laughs> I, just, I just knew we was going to buy a house. Y'all, I'm talking about I was prepared. I, or at least I thought I was prepared. And we got into this mortgage from this office and she was like, skirt, skirt, no ma'am. Uh, get, you got this in collections. He got this in collections. Fix this, fix this, fix this. Fix this. I'm just, uh, ma'am, excuse you? Do you know who I am? Like, <laughs> like I was delirious, y'all. I was really out of my mind. But that- and It's not personal. It's never personal. It's never people personal. Take, a lot of people take it personal. It's like, it's really not personal. Like, like, I cried when I walked out of the bank. I was like, in my husband's yeah. falling apart. And he was really disappointed, but he's standing up being all strong for me and stuff. I know you want to cry. I know you're going to cry when you get in the car. But, you know, <laughs> it, it it brought me down to reality. Like, okay, you have some things to fix. I hear this story every other week. I have always um, been very big on staying organized. And this yeah. was no different. So what I did was I went right on to Wally World and I bought myself like a real fat binder, y'all. Like the, the biggest jumbo kind you can get. And so I decided that I was going to organize our finances, and I did. This is a binder with all our major financial stuff in it. Um, I'm not going to show it to you in detail. It has, like, my private information in it. But just to get, like, a little example, um, if y'all can see it, it's heavy. Excuse me. But I made, like, a, I just wrote out, like, a table of contents. It has, like, the W-2s, the tax returns, the bank statements, you know, what's in here. And do and about like some uh what you call these little things, y'all dividers. Mm -hmm. And so I just basics, you know, you go to the school supply section and buy this stuff. This is not nothing hard. You ain't gotta buy if you want to get fancy with it, that's your business. But I was keeping it plain, Jack. <laughs> but in here I have like our marriage certificates, like I said, my W-2 forms. He has one as well, um, for his own, you know, separate stuff. But all of that kind of stuff, it really helped us stay organized. And so when we got to paying down, uh, we each had like something minor in collections. So when we got down to paying down collections, I would pay the debt, call the collection company up. You know, uh, they, they'll likely let you settle out. If you can settle, settle. They wanted 212, they got 125. Hey, take it or leave it, you know? So if you can settle, settle out, but I would have them right after I paid it, have them email me a letter saying that I'm paid in full. Period. But so when you go to the mortgage lender, they can't say, well, they ain't take this off. Well, here you go right here. That is clear. So, you know, I'm Gucci. You you can't tell me I ain't got my stuff together. But that mindset of getting organized was the best thing I could have ever done. And I did the same thing with my husband's finances. Um, you know, the usual marriage story. He buy you the ring. You're so happy. And then after you get married, you find out how much money he spent on that ring. And then you'd be like, sir, is it, is it crack? Are you on drugs? <laughs> While I appreciate, you know, you want to ball out of control for your girl. Let's not do that no more. Right. You make this much money. You spend this much money a month for how we handle bills. You have all of this left. Let's pay down this ring. Mm -hmm. So I just like set out a financial plan for him to spend like, you know, so many thousand dollars a month paying off the ring. We went from a seven and a half month, you know, plan for him to pay off that ring to like three and a half months. It was a huge sacrifice, but it made a difference when it came time to talk to the realtor, to talk to the Anthony's, you know, to the mortgage lenders, to this, to that. Get organized. 
once you organize, you don't you don't feel as frustrated. Your credit mm-hmm. doesn't get you as much. Your debt right. doesn't get you as it much. Ain't, and I'm like, oh, why the lender asking me for this? Oh, you asked me for this? I got it. Right. Yeah. And then when you go in there, y'all, when I went to, I think we saw about five or six lending offices as we were kind of in the process. When I went in there and they saw this book, I have had six lenders tell me, I have never seen a person your age so organized in my life. You have That's never, huge. they have never once, they'd be yeah. like, every time I ask you for a piece of paper, all you do is right. flip the page. It makes why they got it? Why they need this? Well, they about to loan you $200,000. Who, <laughs> who else going to give you $200,000? <laughs> <laughs> right and I also I want to stress so much so much people are going to come away from listening to this podcast feeling really fired up and really energized and really inspired to take the next steps in their life do not think that this all has to be done by next week and then don't, don't rush it, it step by step steps. you know you can take time with this yeah. you can you can, set, you can set a five-year plan and be where you want to be five years from now it doesn't have to happen right now or this year or even next year. And I just so many people talk to me, and they're they're closing a year later, mm-hmm. three months later, six months later, two years later. You know, at this point, six it's months like, later, yeah, you got to break it down. You got to you know, of course, start talking to the people. Don't be scared to talk to people trying to do it on your own. That's not you know, it's just not efficient. Go ahead and call the realtor. I don't mind talking to people. You know what I'm saying? And then they'd be hesitant to do that. I don't want to waste your time. This is, I'm not, well, you're not really wasting my time because I'm helping you get there quick. And then they scared to call the lender after they talk to me. Hey, have you talked? No, no, I'm just still doing this. I won't know how to help you. You don't know how to help yourself. You know, the lender is loaning you the money. They'll tell you what it takes. So just literally take it, break it down. Break it down. You know what I'm saying? Be patient with yourself. Don't rush it. What's for you is for you. That you would give anybody else. Um, even in my journey, this book, like it's, it's fat now, but mm-hmm. it started out, you know, really thin. It started out slow, you know, I can out take something from that though, for sure. Even myself, how to get like, uh, all of that, you know, some people don't even know where to get their birth certificate, where to get a copy of it. Some people never even seen their social security card. Call your mama and ask her for it. Honestly, at, as we're speaking now, admittedly, I had my wallet stolen a few years ago and I still haven't got another social security card. <laughs> So uh, <laughs> if you know how I get it, let me know. I will definitely no, I'll get it. No. I think it's a social security office, right? Like every city has a city mm-hmm. hall. Yeah. Yeah, you can go there and get one. They, you know, you fill out the paperwork. They mail it to you. So Bill's is on government. Another number. Right. So I can get away with a lot. But, but I definitely, I'm, I'm with y'all on that point. Take your time and give yourself the grace, but start, you know, and, and be consistent about it. Like you said, And don't, the- you know, you're not wasting my time unless you call me and Kiki for 30 minutes to an hour and then we have the same conversation in two months. Oh my gosh, this house just came on the market. Oh my gosh, this is my dream house. Well, you still need to get your credit together. You still need to apply to this lender and you still need to do this. Yeah. What happened within the last few months? Oh my gosh, I'm ready now. I gotta move. My apartment is leaking. Okay, we talked a year ago about you opening a credit card and you still ain't did that. Like, <laughs> that's when you waste some, you know wasting people's time. But if you listen and you're willing to do the work, you not you know it's really like I said, it's not rocket science. Just do it. You know what I'm saying? And take it like one step at a time. When you take those steps, you will find yourself walking the staircase, and you'll look back and, and it's like you know, okay, it's not that hard. I did this, I did that. You'll see how everything will line up. 
it'll line up and it'll become easier for you now. Like yep. it was hard at first, it was a bit of a struggle just trying to get mm-hmm. my ducks in a row. But now I'm able to keep track of my, you know, my credit, my husband's credit, that kind of thing. And it puts you in position mm-hmm. for that next level that you want to be on. Like you said, the yeah. five year plan. I'm two and a half years into my five year plan. We we got the house, you know, all that. Once that was done, we started like knocking out major debt. I think a lot of people need to consider that before you start thinking about what you want to buy, what you want to have. Let's nip all all of this in the bud so we paid like we paid off appliances we bought all our furniture in, you know no interest no finance you know it didn't happen in a day but when you tackle those smaller things it puts you in position to those larger things so now that we own everything in the house we don't have to worry about minor things like that and my husband has paid off his car now let's knock out your car okay now we can allocate you know 350 dollars a month to your principal that makes a difference in interest that makes right. a difference in your credit that makes a difference in your everyday financial ability to move and matriculate through your everyday life and now like i said me personally i'm about to pay my car off two years early and i also yeah. want to say when it comes to breaking generational curses and i'm just going to end on this note a lot of times you're going to have to do a loan and if I can say anything to just like in my position, it's you, you, you're going to feel the fear. The goal is to not feel fear. The goal is to do it anyway. Like, despite the fear, you right. cannot be afraid to walk alone and to disagree with your parents and your grandparents. These are generational curses. Meaning one generation back, people might see things completely differently and you're going to have to be okay with disagreeing with people who taught you and raised you. Feel the fear and do it anyway. That was a beautiful closer. For real. That's like, yeah, that's like a synopsis of my whole last year, honestly. Yeah. Feel the fear. Carmilla now, I'd hit her up and cry like, girl, I I don't know if this is funny, (laughs) you know? And, uh, but in those spaces of uncertainty, it was a lot of like self discovery and a lot of new knowledge. I, I mean, the hardest deals I've had to get through. I've learned the most through them and I'm able to help people even more now, you know, so grow into yourself when you feel the fear and do it anyway, you learn to stand in your decisions. excuse me, y'all, you learn to stand in your decisions, you learn to be confident in your choices, your lack thereof, you learn to own your downfalls and say, okay, I, you know, up. Please fuck up, you know, whatever. I made a mistake. Here's how I'm going to move on and fix it. That is really when you grow into yourself. And it makes you feel so much more confident about your future decisions. For sure, for sure. That's amazing. I honestly want to say this was an amazing, great, fantastic, spectacular <laughs> episode. Thank you so yes, much, Kimberlyn, and of course, Carmilla and Dee. You guys are amazing. Is there anything that you two, Kimberlyn and Anthony, want to say before we go? No, I think I said enough. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and uh, I just want to say, like, of course, y'all can connect with me, whoever is watching, all of the people in this room. You know, you can connect with me. I'm always dropping jams. And I go live every week just to talk about some kind of real estate topic that I've talked about with a client that week or something that, you know, they were confused about. So I'm just always trying to sow into my people, you know, even with everything I know, it can help in other aspects other than buying a house. It's more to life than buying a house. So. I am always here to share everything I know about financial literacy. And uh, my at is um, Chappelle Sales. No, actually, I changed it. Sorry. Anthony Chappelle Realty on Instagram and then Anthony Chappelle on Facebook. So feel free to connect with me and reach out. I am very, very accessible and I'm more than happy to share everything that I know. Same. Kimberly L. Kemp on Facebook, DM me. 
I'm not a person that's about to harbor information. If I know it and I can help you, I'm going to tell it to you for free because why not? I definitely wanted to say thank you again, Anthony and Kimberlyn, for coming on and that this, today's episode was amazing. Like everybody, you guys are just so knowledgeable and intelligent. Like I learned a lot. Definitely be organized. And I think just talking to you two, I'm a little bit more excited now, like to go on this homeowner, homeowner journey. So even if I have questions, even though I know you're not in Mobile, I definitely will like reach out to make sure this person yeah. isn't scamming us. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I got you. I'm more than happy to share. Absolutely. Well, you guys have a great day and we will see Thank you. Thank y'all for having us. Of course. Hey, what's up? It's your boy, Demetrius. And I want to say thank you guys for always tuning in into reality. I just want to let you guys know that reality always going to come out at the end of the month on the last Friday. And each season is nine episodes. Therefore, each episode will come out in threes. And there will be the first three, the second three, and the last three. And it will always come out at the end of each month. So definitely continue to tune in to your co-hosts, Carmela and Didi. And I, you can follow us on the podcast on Instagram at the official reality podcast and that is the official r-e-a-l-i-t-e-a podcast thank you guys so much and always continue to show peace and love